Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You know, people are so stunned often that uh, we're doing it live here, and I want to make sure that folks understand it's a live Sunday edition. We're going to be on, uh, you know, every Sunday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and we know that if Eastern Time was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. (laughs) Jesus has nothing to do with my concept of time. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Jesus lived by Eastern Time. Really? Yeah, the King James Bible told me so. Um, it, it, as the case may be, we are do it. We, we do it <laughs> seven nights a week here, and so so Sundays are uh, are live now. You can call in and talk about anything you want. This is the last, the very very last uh, episode that is um, going to be internet only, unless you know there's some situation where you know we can't get a board op or something like that. But um, you know we've got. Uh, we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be going on to XM. No, not XM. We're going to be up on the satellite next week, and then XM probably the week after that. So, as you predicted, Mark, yep. August fourteenth. That's what I was predicting. Mark is like that's a Nostradamus I, over here. Indeed. So, <laughs> I'm uh, putting a call on hold. We'll be going to it right here in a second. Cool. <laughs> it is free talk live. You can call about whatever you want to call about. So please give us a call at six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Little ground rules, just so folks know. Obviously, not everybody's listening right now that's going to be listening during the show, but we're going to be taking calls uh, straight out of the gate. No screening. Be entertaining as soon as I talk to you. Someone's hot to talk to us. They called the Indeed top of the show. <laughs> Free Talk Live, what's your name? Hey, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey, Matt. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing this evening? Excellent. What do you want to talk uh, about? I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit tonight about double-blind studies. Okay, cool. Um uh, Stephanie mentioned a double blind study last week, and uh, I've been involved in a few of them uh, over the past year. I'm trying to become a professional guinea pig in in ways. And uh, what a double blind study is is basically you have the study product and you have a placebo. Okay. And uh, and, and when I do it, usually there's three study products, three different uh, doses. And uh, the doctor doesn't know what is a placebo and what is the uh, certain doses, and the the person being tested doesn't know what is a placebo and what is certain doses. Okay. Right. And they have uh, metrics that they use to measure to see if the uh, if the product is working in the way they want it to work or not. Now, so, Matt, I've, I have a question. Um, so some mm-hmm. some studies are just to establish what's the correct dosage of some drug, and some are to establish whether the drug is safe, and then some are to establish whether it's effective. So if you're talking about a study where there are several different doses, it could be an effectiveness study or it could be a dosing study. What's uh, What kind are you participating in? Well, uh, you're right, and, and I'm not sure um, what it is. I think that they're just, you know coming up with metrics, because what, what, I, what I'm studying is basically um, uh, products that aren't necessarily drugs. Okay. Uh, I, I did a cranberry juice study where they are measuring the amount of uh, certain bacteria in the urine. Oh, right, yeah, because that. For, so for our listeners who aren't familiar, um, there is some evidence, I guess, that cranberry juice, drinking cranberry juice will prevent you from getting urinary tract infections and some people are especially prone to them and so they you know drink cranberry juice in order to prevent them or ward them off. So you were in a study right. about that Matt. That's interesting. 
Yeah, and then uh, there was an, an, a food additive that apparently initially some people complained because there was sores coming up in their mouth. So they had a, 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 this was a very large study. A very large group of us uh, would rinse out our mouth with this uh, food additive and spit it into the sink. We didn't even swallow it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they looked at our mouths and they asked us to report on any uh, uh, sensations that we might have had. Interesting. Um, Did you have any sores in your mouth? No, I didn't. Um, well, he doesn't know if he got the placebo. He doesn't know if he got the placebo or the product. That doesn't so. mean anything. I just want to know whether that guy had sores in his mouth or not. Well, right, right. <laughs> Matt, did they tell you after the study is done whether you had the placebo or the actual drug or product? Nobody is going to know. Uh, is going to know that they're going. Every everybody is is numbered. Right, but so I mean, the after people, the study concludes, do they let you know then? Because I would be curious. <laughs> um. I, I believe I, I, I have access to all the data okay. as to what what happens, but I'm just a number. So unless they tell me, okay, this is your number, this is who you were. Um, actually, I think I can remember. But um, and anyway, so uh, th- that's how double blind works, and it's a good scientific method. But um, what, what I was talking about was was cancer. Treatments. I'm going to use the word treatment rather than cure because you guys I think it's a better term. Away from that term. Mm-hmm. I think it's a okay. better term. But alternative cancer treatments. And you mentioned that, you know, there was no double blind studies. And I, I, I got to thinking about that. I, I thought it would be a little bit immoral to me if you right. had some kind of a treatment to do a double blind study on cancer patients that might end up dead because they had the placebo. Right. So um, in those cases where they're doing a study on a disease that already has an established treatment, what they do is they give everybody the best um, evidence-based treatment. And then on top of that, they either give um, you know the best known treatment plus the placebo or the best known treatment plus the new treatment. So that's how they avoid the ethical issue. That's that's how they avoid those those ethics. Yeah, but you're okay, absolutely I, right. I, you're completely right, Matt. I mean, it it is. Yeah, I mean, you don't know if uh, if a drug is going to work, and so and also it's not ethical to give someone a placebo when they have something like cancer, and you pretty much know that a sugar pill is not going to cure their cancer. So uh, right. so you can't really get away with that. <laughs> but and, some and people. If, and if it go ahead, go and ahead. if it did, you'd have a kind of a hard time explaining that, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh you well, I mean, placebo effect is is very powerful, but it's not something that I think most people would want to rely upon if they had something as serious as cancer. And uh it it just seems like um anyway, go, go ahead, Matt. I'm babbling. Well, you know, when I when I was bringing up the things I was bringing up last week, I I just wanted to point out that th- these were my personal observations. And um I, I studied as to be to become a geologist. Although I didn't, uh, I, I kind of dropped that and became an English major. But uh, I did study geology for a while, and geology is, is far more uh, an observation-based uh, study when you're talking about historical geology, paleontology, uh, because you can't really go back in time and look. I mean, mineralogy is more of a science-based, where you you have the, the chemical uh, testing and stuff like that. But there are certain aspects of science that are uh, more observation-based rather than testing-based. And um, so my experience, because I I have had a couple of people that I care about come down with cancer just lately. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, one of them had, you know, she had both her breasts cut off, and then she was, you know, she was put through this regimen of uh, chemotherapy that that just about killed her. It's oh, rough I'm stuff. sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's really. And she bad. still almost died. And then they came back and they told her that she still only had uh, six months to live because what they had done to her didn't cure her. In fact, the cancer had spread. Mm-hmm. And so that's when, after all that, she decided to look into alternative medicines. And lo and behold, she started taking these medicines, and the cancer went away for her. And now it's gone. It's completely out of her body. And the doctors are stunned because they don't know how it happened. Um, yeah, I mean, and- this is something that um, I, when I went to medical school, they called an Aunt Millie story. My Aunt Millie is 100 years old, and she's smoked since she was 20, and she's never gotten lung cancer. And it's basically like, you know, an anecdote and a story. And, and of course, case reports have value, and it's often how leads for new experiments get started and new discoveries kind of uh, come out at the very first point. But, um, you know, I, I, if this treatment is, is, is so effective and it works so well, I, I would just think that it would perform really well in a study, and I just want to see some more evidence. You know what I mean, Matt? I, it could help a lot of okay. other people. Yeah. Sure. I, well, I, I agree. And in fact, some of the stuff that I that I talked about has helped a lot of people. And I think that the reason that the, the mainstream medical community Matt, isn't thanks for the call. doing anything is because of money. Free Talk Live, 603-439. What is it? 603-439-1105. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Lives, live Sunday show. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. If you've got a second, go check out the archives at archives.freetalklive.com. We've got MP3 archives there going back all the way to 2006 for free. You can get our, well, it's three hours when we do it, two hours by the time it's all boiled down. You can get our two-hour show for free. That's six or seven days worth of shows going back for five years that's a lot of audio content i mean you you gotta ride a lot of buses to get through that you know what i mean <laughs> you could have a job where um yeah you, you know you some people love it they just listen to podcasts and stuff all day which is and it's really great for those people we yep. can you know we supply them with a lot of audio and mm-hmm. you know the fact is that there's been changes in the way ian and i have uh, approached the issues over the years and maybe it'll you'll find it pleasing to listen to those different ways so available to you uh, right there uh, go check it out at archives.freetalklive.com Okay, now let me ask, do you dread those long days and hot summer nights? Tell you what I've found. Nature Bee. It can help you digest your food better. It can help you, uh, you know, it, it takes care of getting all the vitamins, all the minerals that you need on a daily basis. And it make, it frankly, it makes you feel great. It gives you more energy. Here's Mike Buck to explain why. 
Oh, yeah. You know, I love this. That's my role. We know in today's busy world, guys, the perfect diet's impossible. Too much fast food, not enough time to get that balanced meal. That's where nature becomes it. You're going to get all the nutrients your bodies need to function in top working order. That's why we call it the health food store in the palm of your hand. 100% natural, organic plant pollen in the capsules, 27 vitamins and aminos, that's all of them, 28 minerals, all the antioxidants, boosting that energy, purging the toxins out of your body, giving you better digestion, better looking hair, skin, and nails, and the stamina to do all the things you want to do and more. So Nature Bee is all natural, all organic, and fresh and direct from us from clean, green New Zealand. But what's today's special deal, Mike? How about 37 pennies a day to feel like a million bucks? Six months supply, just ninety nine ninety five plus delivery. You order right now, we give you three extra months for free, and that's how you do the math. Call Soul Free to New Zealand. Let us prove the power of pollen to you. 1-866-834-8355. That's one 866 Eight three four eight three five five, or right now online at NatureBee. That's NatureBee dot com. One should try it, just like me. You won't want to be without your Nature Bee. I've been using Nature Bee for 18 months consistently. It's worked great for me, and I think it'll work great for you. Come on and get that three months by calling that free three months by calling eight six six eight three four eight three five five, or online at NatureBee dot com. And. <laughs> we were talking about um, sort of the idea of uh, double blind studies and, you know, what's scientific, what's not scientific. And, yeah. you know, when Matt called in and talked about the idea of, um, you know, his friend having taken uh, the you know cancer treatment and mm-hmm. it didn't work for her. The mainstream treatment didn't the, work for her. It was chemo. It was chemo. Chemotherapy. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I'm reasonably certain. I mean, you know, I'd have to check with uh, with relatives to make certain that this is is true. But both my grandmother and father took chemo when they had cancer, and both of them, I think it was within the first treatment. I think it was it might my, my grandmother might have been the first, and my dad might have been the second treatment. Decided they're not taking it anymore. Yeah, and I mean, undeniably, it has some side effects for sure. It kills all fast-growing cells, most chemotherapy treatments. Some of them are targeted a little bit more closely without getting too technical and will really get specific types of cancer that, like, for instance, there's a kind of leukemia, and it basically comes about when there's a mutation and two chromosomes kind of switch places with each other, and it creates this mutant protein that's only found in the cancer cells. And so this drug, Gleevec, Trivet uh, targets the only the mutant cancer cells, but that's a rare example of cancer drugs because most of them are just generically targeted at all fast-growing cells. Yeah, exactly. And so they'll kill hair follicles, they'll kill the cells on the inside of your GI tract, and that's why people get sick and vomit, and that's why they lose their hair oftentimes when they have chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Now, as time goes on, you know, medical science is developing new drugs. And the drugs are getting better with less and less side effects. And there are ways to treat nausea with better um, anti-nausea drugs and stuff like that. Um, but especially back, you know, 10 years ago and more, uh, there it certainly was a lot more brutal. And I can see why a lot of people would kind of ha- turn against medicine or have this like anti-medicine sentiment because of that. Because it, it, was, it could be pretty um, brutal. Yeah. Um, but chemo that might doesn't be, mean... might be the thing for sort of younger people um, that have cancer. And whereas older people, maybe they just can't handle it. I don't know. I mean, well, that's, that's another thing that I'm there, drawing. There are certainly some doctors who want to treat the cancer at the expense of the patient, let's say. And, it, you know, maybe someone is 
you know, pretty much they've lived a full life. They have cancer. They kind of just want to die with dignity and peacefully. And the doctor will kind of try to push them to treat the cancer and maybe get a few months of extra survival when maybe that person doesn't doesn't want to go through that. Right. And so there's definitely a little bit of that that goes on. Don't get me wrong. But having said all that, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, mainstream medicine is is uh, is a sham or you should just uh, eat all kinds of herbs to cure cancer and stuff like that, or that doctors don't know what they're doing. No, they're doing the best they can with what they have and the evidence that they've gathered. And, you know, Matt's right when he calls in and says that not everything in science can always be perfectly controlled. Sometimes you have to do observational studies. And sometimes with humans, there are ethical concerns that prevent certain uh, types of studies. But we do the best with what we have, and we try to make it as carefully controlled and scientific as possible. But what about these um, Aunt Millie stories, as you referred to them as? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, the idea that, that well, you know, some, my Aunt Millie, she had cancer, and then she took a bunch of uh, rutabaga suppositories, and, uh, you know, everything was fine after that. Right. And, and everybody, you know, there are all kinds of cancer cures out there, and people... You know, the claims are from people who've taken them. I mean, you know, you hear these, you hear these stories. Yeah. I had cancer. I, you know, went and saw my doctor. It was in remission. He was astounded. My doctor was astounded. Mm-hmm. How many, are there a bunch of astounded doctors out there? I mean, um, I think those stories kind of travel a lot and sometimes they may get changed or exaggerated, over, yeah. like based on how many people they go to. And sure, like, if somebody can cure their cancer or whatever disease they have with something that's cheap and effective and safe, I am all for it. Do not get me wrong, please. But also, if that treatment is indeed uh, safe, effective, cheap, and worthwhile, and it's something that could help people, I want more people to know about it, and I want a study. Like It should perform well in a, in a carefully controlled scientific setting if it actually works. You know what I mean? Well, because I also then you're testing that- more people than just one. You're doing it carefully controlled uh, comparison where you um, try to control for the placebo effect and you try to match the different groups of people so that they're the same age and sex and so forth. And, and you account for any confounding variables that might be in that study, right? I mean, and when it's one person, maybe it would work for that one person, but that doesn't really uh, tell you whether... You know, it could have been a coincidence. I'm not saying Matt's lying or making this up or anything no. like that or anything. Don't get I mean, me wrong. A person's, but a person's it could have story been, is a person's story and it, it's legitimate, right? Right. And, she, you know, but that woman who had the mastectomy and couldn't get her cancer into remission until she tried this herb, you know, it could have been that she spontaneously went into remission and had nothing to do with the herb. It could have been the chemotherapy cured her later. Or it could have been the herb. We don't really know. The other aspect of this is it seems like there are some listeners that we have, especially this show, that are skeptical of every natural possible uh, solution to things. And I know that some of them work. (laughs) Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live, 
603-435-1105. It's the live Sunday edition. Mark with you. And Stephanie. You know, we've been uh, basically talking about sort of medicine, cancer, science uh, in the first two segments, but it's your show. We call in. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to call and talk about uh, while you're sitting around. Check out the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. We've got dozens and dozens of ladies there who have sent us their pictures, proving that they listen to Free Talk Live within the picture in all kinds of various ways. Some of them include unclothed body parts. You can see it all at uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. Some do not. That's not the point. I'm not saying it's the point. I'm just saying, you know, it's a feature, right? I suppose. <laughs> it's a feature of shrine.freetalklive.com. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's go straight to the phones. I got uh, Ilya in New York. Ilya, are you there? Hi, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me. Certainly. So uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure of mine to be able to get on your radio show. I don't know how many months I haven't called in. It's... Incidentally, I'm the guy, you know, running uh, trustedcoins.com. I sell ancient coins. That's how. That's right. If, so, if folks uh, listen to our podcast, um, they will hear the ads for Trusted Coin. Uh, <laughs> you, you, what you do is you sell coins that are uh, ancient coins, not not sort of collector's coins. They certainly are collector's coins, but these are much older than most collector's coins. These are like bronze, silver. Uh, I mean, you may even have some gold coins from way, way, way back. Greek, Byzantine, yeah, Roman, that kind of thing. Yeah, years ago. And, yeah. yeah, and I guarantee them authentic for a lifetime. So that's besides that. I've been uh, getting into more interesting things on improving myself every day in every way. So I wound up listening to this thing called um, Your Wishes, Your Command. Uh, In it, it kind of teaches you that with a positive attitude. Even in in the old Chinese proverb, uh, it says, a man without a smile on his face should not open up a shop. So um, the whole idea is that. Positive thinking and being able to create your own reality. You know, a lot of people call in and say, oh, there's a problem this, there's a problem that. So when people focus on problems, they're not focusing on solutions. They're giving away their energy into the ether, and they're bringing on possibly more problems into them. So once you start thinking of solutions, thinking about advancing your life, thinking about advancing yourself, you're going to be a much happier person. Uh, just to jump in here, I've heard of neurolinguistic. I heard it called neurolinguistic programming before, and it's basically kind of based on the idea that changing the way that you think about things will affect, you know, your behavior and how your life goes and so forth. And uh, it's yeah. an it's an interesting idea. It's also the same idea behind um, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and I think it could it can help. Um, with a lot of different things, but what what have you? What was the reason for for um, undertaking learning about this? Well, uh, I listened to your which is your command in there. There was some reference, uh, you know, books that they recommended in uh, learning to become more successful. Mm-hmm. So some of those included the sixteen laws of success, uh, the new psycho cybernetics, um, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, there's just so many different works out there. Those are just the top of my head. And yeah. I so how to, how to Win Friends and Influence People is an extremely popular and well-read book, I think. And it's basically about how to be popular, I guess, and how to get people to agree with you. And I think those things are interesting yeah, to it, learn it, about, it, huh? It, yeah, so it pretty much says that you can't get anyone to do anything that they don't want. If you tell people, oh, this might benefit you in this way or that way, uh, they're going to be more than happy to uh, do it with you. So 
that's the idea, you know, uh, free voluntary association. So speaking of free voluntary associations, I wound up joining this thing called the Global Information Network. You can find out more information on a brand-new website, which I want to advertise with you later, Mark. So okay. Sure, uh, go ahead and plug it's it. It's called allsuccessclub.com. Allsuccessclub.com is a brand-new website, I want to, which is kind of like a portal into this information that I'm talking about. In it, I collected some YouTube videos, uh, some ideas of mine that I had of uh, some of the things I learned that might work, help people find the right direction towards the success. Like, you could, it mm. could be like a GPS. So... So, Ilya, um, so you want to get this message out and help people become more successful. Um, I guess I wonder, like, what what do you define as someone who is successful or how do you define success? Uh, How I define success is being happy every day in what you're doing. Yeah, I completely agree. Sounds like success to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're happy doing whatever you're doing, like it doesn't really you can't really define it in Oh, it doesn't have to be a big bank account. But if you're happy all the time doing what you're doing, like you guys are doing a wonderful radio show, uh, letting people kind of come on there and uh, express their ideas freely, and a lot of people with voluntary associations. So you guys may not get paid a lot of money right away, but over time, you guys know that uh, slow and steady wins the race sometimes, you know, because you guys are advancing yourself, getting onto more markets, you guys are always future thinking. You guys are always moving forward. So that is very important. So getting back to allsuccessclub.com, the website I started, I joined this group called the Global Information Network, where you could go to seminars and learn from some of the most successful people. And uh, who are some of the names? And who are some of the names? Strategies. From, yes. Who are some of the names from some of these seminars? Some of the names, uh, Kevin Trudeau, the guy that wrote Natural Cures. I'm familiar with him. Incidentally, you were speaking about, uh, you know, health subjects. Uh, I actually was able to lose like over 50 pounds following the weight loss cure that he wrote. So cool. I kinda Good for you. It, I kind of did it using yourhcg.com instead of the injection that he recommends in his book. And it works just the same. That's my opinion based on what I did. And I kind of did it with somebody else and... They had just as much success with it. So, um, well, Ilya, it sounds like a really great project, and and I, I wish you the best with it. And uh, you know, if you if 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 it, it yeah, continues to blossom, Legion contact me also because I, I need to. Okay, have them, uh, we'll take care of it off the air. I think. Thanks very much, Ilya. I appreciate the uh, the call in. You know, I this is one one of these things is I really love the idea of sort of these um, self help books and mm-hmm. things like that. I read. I've, I've I used to read a lot of them. I don't read quite as many as I used to. I don't read much of anything anymore. I'm just it's so busy. Um, you know, I'm always reading things for the show i prefer audio reading <laughs> i do that <laughs> too listening to things and I'm, re- I'm really into these things i love them you know maybe positive thinking isn't going to keep the rain from falling you know i'm going to think sunshine today that doesn't make much sense to me but it does what it does th- make me think is well when it does rain I'll be better off sort of mentally. There's the way to, you know, sure. the, there's the things that happen in the world and then the way that you d- choose to perceive those things. And I think that the thing that, you know, the way you choose to perceive it is far more powerful than what happens. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know I know this may sound a little woo, I guess, on first glance when someone hears about it. But no, there is real scientific evidence for this. And there's a reason why thinking positively 
helps with things like health and uh, mental status and everything. And it's because, you know, when you're stressed out, you make certain hormones like yeah. cortisol and uh, uh, norepinephrine that tightens up your blood vessels and your blood pressure goes way up and um, your immune system is kind of slowed down by the stress hormones and you tend to gain more weight and things like that. Um, and, and when you're happy, you make other um, different hormones that will help and, your brain cells connect with each other and uh, decrease the level of stress. And, and so all we really are is the sort of chemicals that float around in our brain anyway. So you can <laughs> but you get to have some level of control over those chemicals. And that's what I think the, the best thing to do. You know, there's sure. this guy. His name was Mr. Valone. And he was when I used to be in prison, he would come in every day to all the convicts. And he's, you know, he's got his polyester pull, pants pulled up to his uh, abdomen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's got. Uh, the balding area and he would just talk about positive mental attitude guys he's in a level three prison full of killers rapists murderers i mean you know the, it's just you know yeah. some of the worst positive mental attitude guys this guy believed it to the bottom of his little penny loafers he believed in positive mental attitude and I he was in there as an inmate? No, no. He was a, a counselor. Oh, gotcha. And I was just talking to a guy that uh, got a hold of me uh, through Facebook. Yeah, yeah, me next cons on Facebook. Um, and <laughs> he's like, you know, he had a huge effect on me. And I'm like, you know, he did on me, too. I used to just laugh at the guy. But sure enough, Mr. Valone had an effect. <laughs> 603-435-1105. Say what you want about uh, positive mental attitude if you'd like. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And, you know, Free Talk Live, the website has so much there for you. If you, you know, it's, it's one of the largest websites of any talk radio show in the world. You can go see the cam at cam.freetalklive.com. We're uh, broadcasting live. When we're live, you can see us on the cam. See Stephanie. She's much prettier than I am. Um, so go, go, Let go them to cam. be the judge. <laughs> cam.freetalklive.com. There is a chat room there. You can chat with the other folks and you guys can come to a consensus if that's what you wish to do. Oh, please don't encourage them. Oh my God. I don't read the chat because there's just so many creepers in there. Just... <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> Oh. I've read it a few times. What and does that was creeper quite mean? Enough. What does that mean? It, it means unwanted. It, it is, means unwanted sexual um, things, comments. So uh, it really depends advances. on what, how, how the guy looks. I mean, what what makes what, what depends on what's what makes it unwanted? Well, yeah. my my preferences, my desires, you know, not to be talked about. So in how a does one way. know that? How can one choose? How can one be not creepy? Creepy is the word that mm-hmm. sinks every guy. You know, the the, the uh, Brad Pitt, if called creepy. Suddenly women or, you know, the, the other women that hear him called creepy. Well, I, I don't want to be anything around him. Creepy. Creepy's bad. OK, well, um, I can define this very specifically. And, and actually, I just if anyone's interested, I just saw a great talk by Rebecca Watson 
who is a prominent skeptic. She's not a libertarian, but she's a skeptic, um, atheist kind of thinker. And she gave a talk about sexism in the atheist, uh, skeptical, free thought community. And it was it was very interesting. But she was talking about objectification. And basically, it's when it, it has elements of like focusing on physical appearance yep. as if that's the only thing that's there. Yep. But it's basically a clear lack of regard or lack of concern for another person's feelings, you know, saying things that are against preferences that they expressed or saying things that don't uh, take into account their individuality or that they're actually a person. And I'll give you an example of this. Okay. Um, I, there are many different examples I can cite from my own experience, but I was just thinking about them a few days ago after I saw this video. And one that comes to mind was uh, I was at Pork Fest this year. and uh, The Porcupine Freedom Festival? Mm-hmm. Porkfest.com? I, yep. BRC. <laughs> F-E-S-T. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did the ad copy for Porkfest, so it's it's like ingrained in my mind. But gotcha. Anyway, so I was at Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and um, I was just finishing up my volunteer shift with Free Aid, which is the volunteer first aid organization that I was uh, co-organizing. And I was collecting some donations from a donation jar, just dressed in, you know, sh- like uh, gym shorts and flip-flops and my volunteer t-shirt. And a guy who I was acquaintances with um, comes up to me and and says, who are you here with? And I said, I was like, what kind of question is that? So I said myself. And he said, well, then nobody will mind if I take you back to my tent for a little while. And and I said, well, I mind. I'm busy and I don't want to go back to your tent. And then he kind of didn't talk to me again after that. And so that I consider that objectification. That's creepy because it was clear that I wasn't uh, putting out there, you know, a desire to I, I wasn't going wherever I was going to get hit on or to date, to find someone to date. And it was like the whole attitude was, I don't care whether you want to go back to my tent. I'm going to take you back to my, you know what I mean? Did, does that come across why that's unwanted? And why? I can see, I can, uh, let me argue it from the other side. Now I'm not saying <laughs> that it's not, like I get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm empathized with you. I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I want to. I want you to try to understand what it's like coming from the other side. The other side, the male side, you're sort of told, "Look, uh, you know, you're gonna have to go out and you got to talk to girls. If you don't talk to girls, you don't tell them what you want. You're not going to get anywhere because they're not going to do it for you. Period. End of story, guy. That's what you have to do. And this is largely true in life. It's not entirely true, but it's largely true. And so, um, you know, you know, as the guy that you've got, you know, you've, this is what you got to do. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to I'm going to puff up and I'm going to I'm going to get ready to do this. I've got to go talk to this girl. I'm going to let her know what I want. And and, you know, hopefully it goes well. And it didn't. Right. I mean, it didn't go well. And well, I, I could see if it was just a faux pas or something, you know, he was kind of nervous and maybe said something. But he wrong. didn't push it after he made himself clear. Right. Well, he kind of got like hurt about it. Like well, it's it, hard. It's difficult. He's you have no obligation. Oh, to it's him. real hard for the guys, you know, I mean, it's like- I understand there. There are certainly, uh, you know, if, if one chooses to you know go with sexual stereotypes and understand that generally guys have to ask girls out generally. I'm just making generalizations. Yeah, here. I, I get it, Mark. I get that, you know, it, in culture, it's generally those are the gender roles where mm-hmm. the man is supposed to talk to a woman. But honestly, there were a lot of people, both male and female, who talked to me at Porkfest. And I felt like they were taking an interest in my whole person rather than just. It's more effective, but yeah. the, the, really the trick is to start the conversation. And then sometimes the conversation can get stalled off on being sort of friendly and it doesn't go anyplace else. And then one wonders, you know, how do, how do I move beyond this or, or, or whatever? And, and it's, 
you know, it's it's, it's difficult to be suave. Um, <laughs> life isn't a uh, isn't a movie, and it's not always easy to be suave. I get that it's creepy, and I get that it's an unwanted, and you know, I mean, it's it it's tough stuff, especially you know, at the 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 higher you move up the pretty ladder the more difficult it's going to be because there's going to be more guys tra- vying for you. The, you know, the, the fewer passes are made as you go down the ladder and high, more passes are made as, as, as you go up. So, I mean, it's just a, it, it's a sad, unfortunate uh, aspect of being a, you know attractive woman. Well, I don't think I should have to deal with things that clearly ignore my preferences, my feelings, my... How- so so yeah. how how is he to read your preferences? Like you're wearing a pair of shorts and flip flops, but at the same time you're, you're. I wasn't going. I I was busy. I was working yep. with free aid. Sure, and I it was it seemed pretty clear from the situation. I'm sure he would have taken a rain check if you were busy. Right, but did I do anything or say anything that indicated that? I was interested in having sex with him. So he should only the, say he, these things when he gets some kind of clear indication? You know, like when, when you think that you've sent I, out the vibe? I would not give someone an invitation for sex if I didn't get some kind of signal or indication that they were interested in I think it's moving sex. way too fast. I think that, you know, generally that's true. It's not always true, by the way. There are, you know, situations where, you know, you can send that signal and, and somebody's going to, you know, pick right up on it and say, okay. That's a good idea. And, uh, you know, this, so, so it's, this, it's these difficult things that sort of socialization feeds uh, guys that may or may not be particularly good at this. I mean, well, you, for there's instance, another aspect. Let, let me to hop this in too. real quick. Uh, okay. just, just the one aspect. You remember the, uh, the graduate with uh, Dustin Hoffman, one of the greatest actors of our time, banging on the glass during this gal's wedding, going, Elaine, Elaine, <laughs> right? As if this is a good idea. And what does it do? It yeah. works out for him. Yeah. She stops the, the wedding in the movie right (laughs) well i mean movies you have to agree that movies are powerful socialization tools Mm -hmm. and so i mean this is a guy is taught you know be be forthright you know let them know what you want uh you know throw caution to the wind do what you you know and i I just i think i think it's difficult and i wish that um i I wish girls would could be more uh you know that they could understand this more. But the problem with them understanding it is if they act like they understand, then they're just going to get more of it. Do you know what I mean? If you if you are understanding and compassionate about some guy putting his you know emotions on the limb, out on the limb there, then you're only going to get more guys putting their emotions out on the limb. And, you know, like you said, well, you're busy. I, I don't want to be put in the position of, you know, having to put up with something that makes me uncomfortable or having to tell someone off and and be called a bitch or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, I I don't like that. And I think that, you know, if more people would kind of be mindful of that and just try really hard to consider other people's feelings, especially when it might be women and make them, you know, go out of their way to make them feel welcome and valued as a whole person rather than just a body or a pair of boobs or whatever, Mm -hmm. there would probably be more women in the liberty movement. (laughs) I hate to say it that way, but it's true. I don't know that I I don't I I don't know I mean I I think that the liberty movement is largely a movement of uh, sort of uh, phil- philosophy and and um, politics and things like that I mean the people that are interested right. in generally but women go to that because they're interested in the philosophy and politics and all they do is get hit on I don't you know. know what I mean it doesn't seem like that to me but you okay. haven't experienced it you're right indeed you haven't experienced it from a woman's perspective I mean 
I'll defend the guy on the street, the 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 construction worker hollering at uh, the beautiful woman going by. It's not like he's got anything to lose. I mean, he has a one in a ten thousand chance that she's going to turn around and say, "You know, you're pretty cute." But it's but not is, like what he, is he hollering like, "Hey, baby, you're hot," knows? or whatever. Hey, gorgeous, nice legs. I mean, what 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 is he going to say about that? I'll bet you're a great cook and a real conversationalist. I mean, you know, like how can he how can he say those things? He doesn't know. Let's go to this yeah, call. I don't know uh, what it's about. God. I understand where you're. It's you know, it's it's a difficult conundrum. Well, well and now, now we're going off to. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll see what they they're saying. Look, I'm not opposed to sex. I'm not opposed to being flirted with or hit on or anything like that. It's just when it's clear that the person has no concern for my feelings or doesn't see me as a full person, then it becomes a problem. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Free talk lives live Sunday edition. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 603-435-1105. We've been talking uh, just recently here about uh, sort of, well, male-female relationships, hooking up, what's creepy, what's not, that kind of thing. We Uh, always end up getting on this subject somehow, Mark. It always comes up. (laughs) Apparently it does. Before we go on, though, tell me about the Free State Project. All right. Is the the Free State Project, just in your own words, what is it? Well, it's a collection of people who are getting active. They're actually doing something about wanting more liberty in their lifetime, and they're moving together to New Hampshire to achieve that end. So, you think that uh, that's a you think that's more effective than trying absolutely you know, trying to do Best whatever you're doing? Best decision I ever made was leaving Massachusetts and coming up here to New Hampshire. It's changed my life in so many different ways, and of course, this is an Aunt Millie story because I'm the only one who's speaking. But I think if you take a larger sample size of people who have, if moved we could to New just Hampshire, get the people who believe in liberty in Massachusetts to move to New Hampshire, oh, it, it would be, be a huge, huge success. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt. Um, but you know, we were talking previously about uh, you know you were relaying some story that uh, you felt a little creeped out by and i was sort of you know trying to defend maildom as best i can not specifically the the guy who uh you know what he did i don't know i mean you know well, i wasn't saying tough. that all men are bad it's just that no. one particular one said something that i was uncomfortable with and understood yeah. and all i'm saying is is that it's it can be difficult to be the guy that's uh you know trying to Get the attention of this particular girl, whatever reason you might like that girl, whether she looks great in a pair of shorts, which you happen to be wearing at the time, or uh, you oh, think so that I was asking for it. Right? You think or you think that she's uh, you've listened to her podcast. You think she's incredibly smart. You think she's all the whole package. OK, whatever. let me give you another example, Mark. This is I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I know we have a call in line, but real quick. I've written a lot of articles for LouRockwell.com, mm-hmm. and I've also advertised on LouRockwell.com yep. with the Porcupine Freedom Festival, yep. and I know from their demographics they are 92% male, okay? okay. Just, say, just putting that out there. So I've written articles on Lou Rockwell, 
and I've gotten some emails that I think were attempting to hit on me. And, and it was, um, you know, nice compliments. I love your writing style. What do you think about this? And can you tell me about this? Would you like to be on my podcast or whatever? And then uh, there was the time I wrote an article about circumcision and I got penis pics and I got <laughs> uh, boundary crushing emails. And it wasn't just a few. It was hundreds. It was a deluge was of it from boundary crushing emails? emails. Yes. It, wasn't, it wasn't the same guy. I mean, I, I probably got 10 penis pictures that I didn't solicit. I mean, it was a it was a, pub, you know, a clinical article about circumcision and how I don't think it's good. Boundary crushing. No doubt. Let's go to David in New Hampshire. David. <laughs> Hi, this is David. Hi, David. Take your Hello. word for it. <laughs> I was going to just say, um, like, I don't know, you were, you were saying about objectifying, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't like it, right? So I was just going to say, um, I some people, like, didn't you used to be fat? Sorry? Didn't you used to be fat? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So you were probably objectified in a in a less nice way back then, right? Uh I mean I nobody because nobody really hit, Yeah, nobody really flirted with me or hit on me and right. or paid attention in that way, but um certainly right. was judged for for my appearance alone, sure. And negatively, I'm sure. Sure. Right? Yeah, there's a vast difference so, between the way that people treat someone as a thin yeah. person versus a fat person, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but there is. Yeah. But but now but but don't you think it's kind of like a rich person saying, oh, I feel so bad for myself. I have so much gold. No, I don't think it's like <laughs> that. Um, I, I don't I don't think I mean, all kinds of women get objectified because, <laughs> you know, people don't really care. They're not looking at them as a whole person. I mean, it's not like, oh, poor me. I'm getting flirted with or hit on too much. I mean, David, the best way to, to for guys to figure out the difference, like what it must be like to be a woman is if if a woman wanted to go out with you solely so that you would spend money on her, that is kind of a similar feeling that you might if you can if you can draw up that feeling and you'd say, well, you know, it really doesn't do anything for me. That makes me feel bad. Um, that's kind of what it's like, because well, money is a commodity. Like- and sadly, vaginas are a commodity, too. I hate it when you say that, Mark. It's, it's just the truth. Right. Yeah. People I guess maybe are not if they like the first thing out of their mouth is, what job do you have? It's like they have money right on their mind, right out the gate. I right. And not that. only that. LA a lot or something. And not only that, David, it. it would be like if you had been in a group of friends and you were talking about all night how you don't like it when people go after you just for your money and you don't like it when people ask you to buy them gifts and stuff. And then like five minutes later, someone came up to you and said, Ooh, can I see your wallet? Like, will you buy me something right now? It's like that. It's like you've stated a clear preference the other way Mm -hmm. not to have that happen. And then someone kind of ignores that and just focuses on that one aspect of you. It's, it's kind of like that. Can you relate to that at all? Oh, I can understand that completely. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds disrespectful. Well, yeah, I think well, thanks. I think thanks that's the best the best way that guys can sort of understand the way that uh and thank you for calling David, appreciate it. Um the, the best way for guys to understand what it's like to be a um a woman and getting hit on in this in this manner and why it is that a, a ham-fisted hit, if we're going to call it a hit, <laughs> um, is 
something that is unwelcome. Um, and because it's because of the way it makes the woman feel. It makes her feel dirty and bad about herself, as it should. How would it make you feel <laughs> if you, if you know, you as the guy, well, how would it, it make you feel if, uh, you know, you I, s- I don't let it make me feel dirty or bad or anything, well, it but it feels something. Well, it's, um, it's you, just in, in your refusal to feel dirty and bad. Well, when somebody does that, it triggers a sense of, hey, uh, why aren't they noticing my my preferences, my yeah. whole personhood instead of just whatever they're focusing on? Well, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not going to go back down trying to def- defend Look, why Mark, guys do it. I'm just but saying they're, they're, they're motivated in that way. And, you know, hey, I appreciate a great body, too. Don't get me wrong. I I like to look at physically attractive people. I I appreciate aspects of physical beauty as much as the next person. I'm just saying that there are ways that you can flirt with someone that are a lot more persuasive, a lot more convincing, a lot more wanted and welcome, at least with me, than just, hey, nice rack or whatever. Mm-hmm. There, there are ways oh, yeah. to do it right, and yep. there are ways to do it in a creepy manner. And yep. that's all I'm saying. I'm yep. not saying don't, you know, I'm not saying I'm opposed to sex or flirting or anything nope. like that. Nope. It's just that there are, there are appropriate ways. And yeah. And, and it, you know, a, a guy will be well advised to consider that, um, you know, in, in, one, in making right. one's move. In general, you know, if you want a healthy relationship with a healthy woman, that healthy woman isn't going to respond well to this, hey, want to go back to my tent routine, okay? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're both sitting at a bar and you've been talking throughout the evening and, you know, it's I, getting I to mean, be closing time and you both have, you know, imbibed some alcohol, perhaps the pitch is, um, you know, not bad at that point, but y- otherwise you kind of have to move towards it. It's it's very, other. It, it's it's touch and go. It's not it's not easy. You have to be, it's it's a very subtle game. I, I acknowledge, especially when you're kind of forced into that cultural gender role without any choice about the matter, mm-hmm. that you have to be the one who's the pursuer and you have to be the one who's the, I guess, aggressive for lack of a better term. It can be difficult to navigate that role. I certainly understand that. And uh, that's why I try my best to be upfront and honest with people, you know, uh, if if they do do something that I'm not comfortable with or if they do something that I like and, you know, I'll I'll respond to it. I'll try not to be coy or, you know, not straightforward or whatever. Uh, not every least, guy has it like me and where they're chased around by women <laughs> day and night and have to, you know, just 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 beat them off with a stick, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, so, so they say they, they don't understand what it's like coming from the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and you have to respond to that nonsense. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're just being funny. So but... commodity, um, a, a vagina as a commodity. I know you yeah. hate the term, but I really think this is a defendable argument. Like, it, Go ahead, may... defend it. All right. So um, <laughs> it, one would understand that it's not a good. It is a service, right? As opposed to a good. But there are, you know, goods are changed for goods and services uh, you know things these things change hands and this is you know sex is changed hands is is a strength that women have that men do not have women control the keys to the sex machine men don't generally decide we're going to have sex now usually women decide that 603435 consent is good <laughs> On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. 
We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can call in 603-435-1105. You can comment on whatever it is you'd like to comment, what we've been talking about, something entirely different. It's completely up to you. Stephanie, before the break, when uh, we were talking about, uh, I, I guess, vaginas as commodities. and uh, Yeah, you made that statement. It's a me. term that you really dislike. And I understand it is a, um, it's a very matter-of-fact fa- matter statement. But yeah. the break came up. And you know what I hate? I hate how Ian will cut me off and go to the break, and then we go come back and we talk about something else, and I never got a chance to talk. So I'm going to let you make whatever closing statement you'd like to make, and then we're going to go on with some really compelling show content that we have. Yeah, and I think this is compelling, too, but you're right. We have why Obama and Bush are the same, a hundred different reasons. but It's good stuff. But yes, Mark, thank you for letting me be heard. I do appreciate that. Um, so... Mark, let me ask you a question. You consider yourself a pragmatist, right? I do, generally. Okay. Do you want there to be more women in the liberty movement? I'd, I think that that would be good for the liberty movement. However, um, I think that uh, things are going fine, generally. I think they're going fine, too, but I want to be inclusive, and I don't want people to hear something on the air like vagina is a commodity, and hear it and get so turned off because you're making that statement um i think that it is not a very compassionate sounding phrase and i think that someone hearing that even me sitting here who is a diehard libertarian into these ideas for 10 plus years i hear that and i go ugh. what's that have to do with the liberty movement because uh i think that there are a lot of people out there uh women and men who can relate to my perspective of not enjoying viewing people as property and well, talking I don't know about the commodities some... necessarily it's not not my intention to view people as property like that's a that's an extrapolation you're you're taking from you know like a reasonable short step from the term commodity mm-hmm. and you know maybe there's a better term but it seems to me that i um you know and i said i wasn't going to respond gosh and here i am um okay <laughs> so sucked in. <laughs> I, I, indeed it, it does so it's it's not my intention to be anything but telling the truth like stating my the the highest truth that i have as i understand the world and as i understand the world uh vaginas are far more pow- uh, powerful than penises and you know as much as guys no, like people them, are powerful not their genitals i mean that they, doesn't make sense well they, they can <laughs> <laughs> they can use their physical attributes, whether they're strong arms, strong backs, uh, beautiful hair, or you know, sexuality, or whatever it is. They can use that to get what they want, and they do every time. I mean, that's that's how it's done. If if you want a good relationship, you need to trade sex for a good relationship, right? No, you need you have sex voluntarily because you and your partner are having intimacy and you're meeting each other's needs it's not like you're exchanging something for something indeed you have to uh, meet each other's needs 
Yeah, but you're you're meeting every need, emotional, physical, intellectual, that kind of thing. And then there's voluntary sex. It's not like I'm going to give you sex and then you do my dishes, okay? We'll make a deal. It's that's, that's I, in, indeed that's human what it interaction. Like. Human interaction is often much more complex and subtle than that. And maybe this is, this could be perhaps if you endeavor if you wish to endeavor in doing this you could come up with a better phrase for me that speaks to my highest truth on this. Mm-hmm. However, st- uh, you know that that states the things uh, you know in a true fashion for me uh, at the same time is uh, not quite as coarse. Let's go on with that list. Okay. Well, if, a phrase that's that makes it sound like how about we compromise on this? If okay. you if you say something like vagina is a commodity, at least follow that up with well, okay, I don't think of people as property. I don't want to make it sound like every woman is a prostitute or anything like that. Um, this is why I think this, and then give a rational explanation of why you think it. Don't just say that phrase and then leave it out there for people to interpret however they want. I think it's very loaded. Gotcha. And loaded, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. So reasons why Bush and Obama are you know the what? same. We got, we've, we've got oh, a call. Okay, and let's we're go taking them call. on the screen. So Free Talk Live, what's your name? This is Nick from Illinois. Hello, Nick from Illinois. Hey. Nick. hey. Uh, I was calling because uh, it's not just guys who deal with the, or it's not just girls who deal with the issue of objectification and not just pretty people either. I've got a story from high school. Uh, sure. Back when I was in high school, there was this one time I was on a bus ride home from school when a girl, an attractive girl, suddenly sat next to me and started asking me about the size of my genitals. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the first thing she said, but it was high on the list, and her intention seemed clear. She said, show me yours and I'll show you mine. Now, I was, very, I was a very overweight person at the time. I'm not nearly as heavy anymore. Uh, but the first thing I thought was there's no way she could possibly be serious. Either someone put her up to this or this is a joke or she has whatever, a camera. one way or another, <laughs> I'm going to come out of this hurt. So I, I told her to go away, mm. and uh, I never saw her again. Mm. This was the school bus? Yeah. How come you never saw this girl again if she was on the school bus? I mean, my, my experience was, as far as the school bus went, that uh, you, you saw these people on a daily basis. No, it's not always the, not always the same crowd. Okay. That's strange. I mean, does the, the route switch up or something? Um, hmm. You're asking me to remember a long time okay. ago. Uh, but you know, I, I was just a little stupefied by this. So it, in retrospect, do you, th- you, know, you think she, she was using this as an opportunity to uh, make fun of you? Or, I mean, you know, or do you just think that uh, she was looking for some guy with big genitals? I honestly don't know. Yeah. And I, uh, I hadn't really even thought about it again until just now when you were t- talking about this. Well, yeah, what it sounds like, Nick, what I would assume that you meant when you said that you felt objectified was it was like her desire to say whatever she wanted to say about your penis was overriding your desire to feel comfortable and not be made fun of, right? She didn't care what you thought. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't don't think objectification is limited to women. It could be anybody. It's just basically not being considerate, right? Mm -hmm. Do Do you agree, Nick? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, I'm sorry that happened. You know, I mean, we, we all have circumstances like these. And, and Nick, I appreciate you uh, calling and sharing that. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks. 603-435-1105. Let's go on with the list. Okay. Um, well, now I've clicked on the wrong article. I was, I was clicking on the Army veteran who was going to sue Donald Rumsfeld over torture. Maybe we'll have to get to that a little bit later. But, okay. So Bush 2.0, 100 ways Barack Obama is just like... George W. Bush. And this is from the humble libertarian 
com. It's a pretty good blog, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he, he does give an intro, introduction to this article, but since there are a hundred ways, I think we'll just hit the highlights. Number one, yeah, Iraq. You really can't read all hundred. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Number <but> one, Iraq. <laughs> Iraq is certainly important. And, and, you know, a lot of them have to do with war. There's Iraq. There's the first surge in Afghanistan, the second surge in Afghanistan. So we'll start with Iraq. We should have known in 2008 that we wouldn't see any real change from the Obama administration, despite campaigning for the U.S. Senate in 2004 on a platform of voting against Bush's war budgets. When he became a senator, Obama voted for every Every single one of Bush's requests to continue funding war in the Middle East. Every single one. Apparently, his string of broken promises started long before campaigning for the White House. And we'll get to those later down the list. Then right off the bat in February of 2009, a mere month into his administration, Obama revealed a phony withdrawal plan that will take three months longer than promised and leave a whopping 50,000 troops in Iraq. We're going to withdraw and leave 50,000 troops. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. 603-435-1105. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition. 603-435-1105. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You know, um, one of the things that really helps Free Talk Live's little engine keep on running is shop.freetalklive.com. Lots and lots of people have changed their patterns. Um, instead of just going and buying, you know, things willy-nilly on the internet... Everybody hates willy and nilly. Um, <laughs> willy nilly on the internet. They they go through shop.freetalklive.com. They use Amazon. You know, uh, Amazon. They've got all kind, all everything you could, most things you could want uh, besides like produce and puppies. Um, but you know, most darn things you can get on Amazon. And and if you go to shop.freetalklive.com, you can go there. We've got the link to Amazon. Several different countries got the link to Newegg. Um, the 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 funds from Amazon go to Free Talk Live. The funds from Newegg go to the CD Evolution Fund, which Ian and I support uh, largely, uh, greatly. Um, we're, we're excited about it. And with you, your time, right? Yeah, and, time and and, and, and money. Yeah, and <laughs> well, money. I mean, we could just as easily have made Newegg. Uh, something we split uh, amongst ourselves. Sure. But we care about the CD Evolution Fund, mm-hmm. and we want it to be successful. And we want to, you know, shape uh, civil disobedience. My concern is that civil disobedience not be something weird, stupid, and, and uh, you know, just done sort of haphazardly. And, that, you know, this gives me an opportunity to, you know, give my stamp to, to civil disobedience I like and stamp and uh, the, the stuff I don't so much like. But anyway, go to shop.freetalklive.com, help Free Talk Live, and you will – God will love you for it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, how about you get the satisfaction of helping a show you What's support? What's wrong? You know, I, I'm, I'm sort of like a moral teacher. Moral teachers throughout history have uh, interpreted what God likes and what God doesn't like. What's the big deal? God likes it if you go to shop.freetalklive.com. <laughs> Not persuasive. <laughs> okay. God will send you to hell. This is the next backup, right? Oh, gosh. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate the threat of hell. 
Yeah. Yeah. It scares kids a lot. Yeah. Anyway, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you also want to keep those clients too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with businesses that support FTL. Thanks very much. Now, we were going through a list of 100 reasons why Barack Obama is really just a George Bush in a, in a different out, outfit. Yeah. Um, Have you ever seen these pictures, by the way, where they, they mailed photo- them? Yeah, they mailed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, just when he got put in, point. I remember saying, hail to the chief, same as the old chief, you know, that mm-hmm. it, you know, it seems to, seems that. Very similar to me, and you know, I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but um, you know, whatever seems that way to me. So right. go on with the list of uh, hundreds of reason, a hundred okay. reasons why. So just to recap: number one was Iraq, and basically, as soon as Obama got into office, he said that that uh, he was going to withdraw the troops from Iraq, but he didn't do it. Eight months later, one hundred thirty-one thousand troops remained in Iraq, and uh, Obama sent another one thousand. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he did the exact opposite of what he said that he would do. I didn't like that much. Not not too much um, integrity there. Right. You know, and this is the problem with presidential elections. You get a choice between John McCain and uh, Barack Obama. John McCain sang a little song. I hope hope... I ran. And, you know, when it came down to it, that was like a face palm for me. I just heard him say that. It was like, oh, really? Really? (laughs) It's so difficult. I can see why people choose not to, uh, you know, chose not to vote for John McCain for that reason. I can see why people would choose not to vote for Barack Obama. I mean, he's done some terrible, terrible things to the economy. Um, I can see why people choose not to vote for the third parties. I I, I get it. I can see why people choose not to vote. Period. I can see it. I, when it yeah. comes to a presidential election, especially, you know, because when it comes, you know, there's the there's the moral argument, which I, I discount and have yet to hear a compelling reason from for personally why um, voting is immoral. But, you know, there's the it's really hard to deny the practical uh, argument behind voting. There were, I think, I, I hate, I, you know, I hate I think it was four million votes separated in New Hampshire. Maybe it was four hundred thousand. I don't know. A and a great deal of votes, maybe it was 400,000, uh, separated uh, Barack Obama and John McCain in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah. Now, I only, uh, I only live in the state of New Hampshire. Therefore, only the electoral votes that are available from the state of New Hampshire are the only thing that I can make available. Barack Obama won by a larger margin than the, what, three electoral votes that uh, New Hampshire has. So, A, New Hampshire didn't matter in yeah. the general election. Yep. B, in the state of New Hampshire... Um, it was it was such a margin that since it wasn't one vote or two, since my wife and I um, always sit down and go over our votes ahead of time and decide what we're going to do and, you know, sort of negotiate, uh, you know, use our votes as commodities, Stephanie, and <laughs> and, um, you know, make make decisions uh, as a family unit as to who, whom we're going to vote for. That way we're not discounting each other's votes, um, you know, and it's a compromise. So you co- Wait a minute. You make compromises with your wife and do you vote for people who want to decrease freedom even more than the people that you think want to increase freedom? I think that in a lot of cases you're dealing with six of one and half dozen of the other um, that, you know, you're then why vote at all? 
because you're walking, you're going there and you might as well. No, you don't have to go there. You don't have to take time out of your busy day. You don't have to spend the psychological stress of reading about all the candidates and all the ballot measures. You don't have to put yourself in that prison. When um, when when it comes to the ballot measures, oftentimes you're talking about things that happen just in my town and, Mm -hmm. you know, 600 people vote in my town. And often, I mean, you know, the the stretch is a dozen people. I know you like to bring up that one fire truck, the, but the fire truck is a great example. <laughs> yeah, the but fi- okay. It was actually the uh, it was a road truck. The fire truck got voted down that particular instance, but it wasn't by much of a margin there either. Right. Um but let's take that example of the fire truck a little bit further. I yeah. mean, you say that in small towns it, it's possible that Let me one give vote- the example since uh, since people may may not have heard okay, my sure. uh, fire truck uh, story. Actually, it's it's a road truck. Okay. Um there was I'll a situation where uh the the town was looking to buy a, a highway truck. It's like a big dump truck that has special features or something. And um they were two votes over on the uh, one vote or two votes over on the um you know on, on the amount that they needed at the two-thirds majority that they needed i happened to be out of the state begging the uh, governor in the state of uh, florida for a pardon so i couldn't vote in that particular election if so yeah. my wife and i would have gone we would have voted and it would have been a tie and then the uh, or whatever and the the truck would have been voted down so if we had been there and we did not we were not there so therefore the the people in the town myself included um were uh, you know, required to pay for this thing because that's what okay. Happened. I see. So the best you could have done, even if you were in the state, it's okay. So first of all, we should say that this is an extremely unlikely scenario. It it's, depends on where you are. I mean, it, it it's it gets much more likely if you live in a smaller town. Okay, so I I would say even in a small town, it's probably unlikely that you would be the deciding vote, right? There would be one person. It, but it happened to me. I mean, one can't discount what you know what what happens in one. Oh, life. Sure, sure, sure. But like any of those, you can go through a million possibilities of what if. Mm-hmm. If any of those people had changed their vote, it would have been a uh, different outcome. Yep. If you and Laura had been there to vote, the best you could have done is a tie, right? So they probably would have had a revote or a recount. Those are political. Um, you know. Oftentimes when they have a revote, this happened in my town once, by the way, there was a uh, I think in this circumstance, because it's uh, because it was the two third majority, it would have been voted down. Mm -hmm. That was my understanding from a guy who, you know, is in the town budgeting. If it was a tie, it would have been voted down. Yes. But don't you think the bureaucrats would have fought really hard for a recount? They would have probably brought it the next year. There there are tricks that they do. No doubt. Uh, Like they they might have waited until people left. So it's so easy for them to it's so easy for them to do that, especially if they really, really want that road truck. And you. You as Joe Citizen or whatever have not as much of an incentive and not as much ease of use sure. of doing that, of challenging it and saying, no, this this didn't win or whatever. I mean, this the same thing happened to me, Mark. There was a, an initiative in my town to make a new middle school that was uh, global warming compliant and had a rock climbing wall for the kids to go on mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The townspeople voted it down by a kind of a big margin. And before they had this election, they had announced it. They had another secret election where they didn't announce it. And then the school was voted in by probably the bureaucrats. These things happen. But I'd like to point out in this instance that the fire truck didn't pass that time. And it was by a very small margin, too. The bureaucrats didn't push it through.
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> I've taken over. <laughs> I think Mark went on a little break and uh, doesn't realize that we're back yet. So I'm just going to continue talking for now. You can always call the show at 603-435-1105. And here he is. He has just returned to the studio. Mark, I took over for you. <laughs> I do. I do yeah. appreciate that. Uh, 603-435-1105. The, uh, apparently, the clock in the bathroom is really, really off. <laughs> so we were discussing. I knew you'd be back. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate that you have faith in me. <laughs> I am stunned by the, uh, the, 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 the outcome here. It happens. But, well, we'll figure it all out. So if you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing with the Better Business Bureau. Some prices, in fact, are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. The uh, manufacturers have stipulations regarding uh, advertising of certain prices. And, Means well, a good deal. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's the idea is. And additionally, you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. You can get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. That's coupon code FTL, manventureoutpost.com. So we were uh, discussing the 100 reasons uh, why George Bush and Barack Obama are the same sort of guys. And, of course, we won't read all 100, but I think many of them are very compelling. (laughs) The first 10, at least, um, actually the first probably more like 20, have to do with war. And we started off with how, you know, Obama said that he would withdraw the troops from Iraq, but he actually just ended up sending more. Uh, and then the second reason is first surge in Afghanistan. The third reason is second surge in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. The, the fourth is phony Afghan withdrawal. You get the picture. I don't have to read all of these. He's uh, sent more troops to Afghanistan and uh, has not really withdrawn the troops, as he said that he did from Afghanistan. Then there's the bombing campaign in Yemen, Somalia, Pakistan, and Libya. You know, this is uh, something that people really don't quite get is the United States is involved on the side of a an egregious dictator. Yeah. We're not talking about, uh, like, I understand he's not getting press, but this guy's terrible. He's awful. And the United States is keeping him in power at the expense of his, uh, you know, his citizens or his subjects or whatever term one wishes to use to describe real live human beings who are dying because the United States is giving this guy control of uh, unmanned killing machines from the sky. And there's, you know, there there should be no, um, you know, (laughs) there's no excuse for that. There's really no No. excuse for that. And this is why 9-11 occurred. I know people don't want to hear Oh, 9-11, inside job, you know, thermite, the the, the base of the whatever. I understand 
you may believe that. Well, it, I did, don't... it did have to do with the U.S. government, but maybe not in the way that, that they think. And I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I think it's almost irrelevant at this point. I know that the government is bad, and they're doing a lot of things that are hurting people every single day. I like to apply Occam's razor as best I can. The what simplest makes explanation. The simplest explanation is, yeah. for something. And what makes more sense? Does it make more sense that some, you know, the United States government went and put a planted a bunch of crap uh, you know down around the pylons over the course of weeks thermite to you know set these buildings on fire i know building seven suspicious i know it is and i don't have the greatest explanation for it i'll admit that other people seem satisfied with it but remember well, just to blow up building seven they still would have had a controlled demolition so therefore what so what makes more sense People being pissed off because the United States for the last seven decades has been p- supporting dictators in their homeland to kill them or you know, kill their parents, kill their children, kill their brothers and sisters yeah. and wanting to do something about it or that or a grand conspiracy. Yeah, I just I, to me, it just makes more sense. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but they're, actually they're not even mutually exclusive either. Well, it, it is kind of mutually exclusive. As what far it as says, what happened if in, you're a conspiracy yeah. theorist that believe that the United States government uh, put thermite in the uh, the base of uh, the, the 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 twin towers, you're also saying that people in the Middle East are a bunch of lily-livered cowards that wouldn't do anything to protect themselves. But you know that you yourself would be happy to fight a revolutionary war against an oppressor from the Middle East if the tables were turned. You're saying that they are lesser humans than you. That's what I believe is being said there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, I don't really know what they're saying because I don't spend too much of time uh, paying attention to them and reading about them and doing the research and stuff like that. I know that the government is hurting people. There are real examples of that every single day. I mean, like any of these. And uh, Mark, you were saying some stuff about unmanned drones that Obama has been using or or no, that uh, Gaddafi has been using or something. Like no, this that. was yeah. um, OK. So the Obama administration, as I understand it, maybe I've got this all wrong and I listened to, to, to it incorrectly. But I know that the United States has unmanned drones in Yemen. Right. I believe they're on the side of the dictator on this one. I I'm reasonably sure that's the case. Mm. If I'm not, I know listeners will uh, pop in. But yeah, well, you know, that's I know the United five. States is in, in fact, six different wars at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And most people don't understand that. They think that there are troops in Afghanistan. But no, they're in Pakistan. They're in Yemen. They're in Libya. They're in Somalia. They're in Iraq. They're everywhere. Yep. They're in Afghanistan, too. They're everywhere in the Middle East. And it's so overwhelming and you just don't hear much about it in also, the news either. I, I was reading something uh, recently about sort of how special forces has grown in use since uh, the 80s and 90s and, re- and really is being used in a lot of different countries. Well, right. This is what this, this article says. Number five reason why Bush and Obama are the same is the rise of drone warfare. Warf- I can't talk. Warfare. Warfare. Thank you. <laughs> the Obama administration's continued and extensive use of weaponized aerial drones to bomb enemy targets in countries throughout the Middle East, sometimes resulting in the deaths of dozens of civilians at a time when the drone operators or intelligence made a mistake, has touched off a drone arms race with the rest of the world, most notably China. Great. Just great. Yeah, swell. Um, that's what we need is uh, ch- you know China and the United States fighting for... Uh, I, think wh- about this. Think about what if, uh, what if, let's say, Iran or Afghanistan or, or one, any country, pick your country... At any country, even China or, or something like that, had flown an unmanned drone over the U.S. and dropped a bomb. And oops, they dropped the bomb by mistake. Can you imagine 
Can you imagine what would happen? Like the uproar. It would be an incredible. It would be another 9-11. It w- it, you know, it would, in, in the fact that uh, the United States populace would be easily whipped into shape, uh, whipped into a, a fervor, a, a warlike fervor. Yes. Yeah. And it's so it's it's so sad. And I think the only way to know fix it, this is is to have I mean, to, to teach people how to have empathy for for people in the Middle East and who are getting these bombs dropped on their lives destroyed, their homes destroyed, their families torn apart, and to not look at them as just some brown person or some Arab or some other. You know what I mean? They're a human being just like you. And it's really important to try to put yourself in their shoes. And I think once someone does that, there's no way that they could possibly support this kind of warfare and and any of these wars at, at all. To me, it kind of it, it equates so well to the you know sports. You know, it's if you think of the United sports States, sports is a metaphor for war. It, it 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 can be in some ways. Now, I I don't want to say anything bad about sports, but I think that this I is <laughs> the this is the worst part about sports is that it gives Americans sort of this mentality that us versus them, USA, heck yeah, you know that kind yeah, of. Except uh, it wasn't heck. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know the they 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 feel this way, and so. You know, they, they get to root for our guys fighting over there against those bad guys and this kind of thing. Yeah, it's in-group, out-group mentality. There are 97% of the casualties in the Iraq war were civilians. Yeah. that are Those are people that never picked up a weapon to fight against the United States and our team. They just died because Americans were pissed about 9-11 and it wasn't and it was in no way related there were no mass weapons of mass destruction found and nobody will say i mean where nobody will acknowledge that acknowledge that americans will say well where are the muslims out there apologizing for 9-11 how come i don't see the videos on youtube why aren't you apologizing for the iraq war why aren't you apologizing for well i mean i understand that because they didn't go over there and set those bombs right. well, but they shouldn't they, they but then they root for it, it. Yeah, it's, right, it's all right. about the it's all about the support and where it goes there it's, are still people i mean it was just the anniversary of um the bombing hiroshima. yeah hiroshima bombing mm-hmm. there are still people who are apologists for that oh absolutely I, we were say, talking oh, to them was, all weekend long yeah. on saturday yeah and it just astounds me and it's just the only way i can think of to change this at all is just to to help people feel empathy for these uh, other people. I mean, uh, otherwise it's never going to stop. People are going to continue to look at uh, people with different skin tones or in different countries as other. And they're, they're yep. less than human. They're not on the same level as you as a human being. And that's that's. I think the things are getting better in that area. Um, it, you know, I would when, like. I I hope. When, so, when I think of I Alexander know. the Great, he was great because he killed a lot of people. Right. That was why they called him Alexander the Great. <laughs> and uh, when you you know now there isn't the glory in war in the same way. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think know, that's changing, people, but it's we've still got a long way. It's to go. a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, Americans can't think for a second about attacking, um, say, white people in um, you know. Uh, European yeah. countries. So, you know, and, and we just have to expand that to the globe. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. It's a live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. It's Stephanie. It's a live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. I should say. Yeah. And you know, this is the very last um, show for us. That's uh, 
going to be at least scheduled to be the uh, an internet only show. We're expecting to go on uh, GCN uh, next week, which boy, I'm glad I didn't say that nine uh, eleven stuff while on GCN. That would have really <laughs> whipped him up. Well, whatever. I mean, we we speak the truth, no matter who's listening, right? As, I, I, I attempt to speak my highest truth, whether or not it is truth. <laughs> yeah. It is at least my highest truth. Sure. Well, I, hey, I, I, I value truth, and uh, I want to seek it out. Well, one thing's for, uh, here's here's a truth for you: cigarettes, <laughs> if you smoke them, are very likely to kill you. Sure. And e-cigarettes are probably a lot better. As uh, you know, the 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 math here is that they're twenty two thousand times healthier. And obviously, nicotine not particularly good thing to uh, to be imbibing in your body, but it beats the heck out of a lot of other things, um, like that that are contained in cigarettes. Mm. So, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will already save about one hundred and twenty dollars a month. And if you go ahead and go to Vaporsmiths.com and use coupon code FTL to purchase forty cartomizers, that's the little things the nicotine are in, you'll get a free starter kit. And free shipping, uh, free shipping on all orders that are over $60. Um, and use coupon code FTL in all these cases just to make sure that, uh, you know, which which ones of these deals, uh, you know, figure into where. So you, you know, can call. I had someone, I, I was listening to this ad with somebody and they asked me, what's a cartomizer? And mm-hmm. I think it's a, uh, what is that word, a spoonerism or a, a combination word of oh. the words cartridge you, and atomizer. That makes some sense. Yeah. So um, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's one of the best uh, vaporizers on the market today. And we were talking before the break um, about... The- Why Bush and Obama are essentially the same, and the- Obama has continued pretty much all of Bush's worst policies, <laughs> if sp- not all of them in general. Specifically, you were saying that uh, you know until the world feels more empathy that... Uh, we're going to have more and more wars. And James yeah. from uh, Tr- South Carolina called in and wanted to discuss that. James, are you there? Uh, I am here. Hi, James. And um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said hi. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Stephanie, I was going to say uh, that I don't know if you're familiar with uh, TED Talks or not. I am but, familiar. Um, yeah, the TED Talks for awesome for anybody who doesn't know. They're uh, what is it? Technology education design and design yeah yeah and they're just basically interviews with innovators in different fields very interesting stuff and there's one uh in specific i'd like to draw people's attention to is uh sam richards uh professor at uh penn state university i think he's a sociology professor or something like that Mm -hmm. has a great uh talk on radical uh experience with empathy and he does a thought uh, experiment um, similar to what you're talking about, where instead of uh, the United States and Western powers invading the Middle East, trying to exploit it for oil, it's the Chinese who have taken over the United States to um, exploit the coal resources that we have here. Mm. And, uh, you know, basically, you know, describing, you know, what would you feel like if you saw Chinese tanks in the streets, them guarding train convoys to the west coast of coal to export to China, yeah. where uh, you see this rich natural resource that you and your, I guess, people, government should be benefiting from, and it's just going uh, across the globe with no uh, benefit to you, I guess, whatsoever. And it was just, it was really interesting, and I'd, I'd like to recommend that to people. 
I'd like to recommend TED Talks in general, but it does sound like a good one. Yeah, thank you so much for that suggestion. I just Google searched it, and I'm going to watch it after the show. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. James, go ahead. Go ahead. uh, Make your comment. Well, I was just going to say, it's definitely one of the better ones that I've seen, for sure. Have you ever watched a TED Talk and said, man, I could have spent 17 minutes better than that? I mean, I, I generally don't feel that way. Yeah, I get a lot out of them. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, so, there's three people's opinions on TED Talks. I, <laughs> I wish that I could experience them more in the car, for instance. I, I, I tend to be when I'm at home. I'm. It seems like I work all the time, even when I think you, know, you can after get the, the, the audio to the video, but sometimes a little bit is lost when you don't see the on screen because often they're making presentations too. They do. Yeah, yeah they they do all. A lot they of it do is that. the visual. Yeah. So, James, anything else? Mm-hmm. No, no, that was all. I just, like I said, I recommend everybody go check that video out again. It was um, Sam Richards. Uh, it's called a radical, it's a radical Exper- mm-hmm, a radical oh, experiment in empathy is the title. I like that. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, and I think that's completely true. I mean, it, you know, we were talking about sports before, and I think you hit on something really important, Mark, which is that sports are kind of a training ground for war or can be a metaphor for war. And I don't want people to jump over me and say I'm like way overthinking this. But honestly, it teaches people that being born in a arbitrary geopolitical designation just by accident of birth means that a certain group of people is good and you should care for them. And a certain group of people who wasn't born in that arbitrary geopolitical designation is bad and you should cheer against them. And, you know, it's a a pretty crappy reason to band together with a group of people. It's not based on any common thoughts or ideology. It's just an accident of birth, right? Yeah, it doesn't. It's very similar to racism. It's it's certainly ethnocentrism, you know, know, some kind of of tribal thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've got to say, I really like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, When it comes to watching football, (laughs) I I prefer that they win. I will admit... I don't know a single player on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, at this point, I'm, it's, you know, I'm just, I just don't know at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking to someone about football one time, and I'm pretty anti-football uh, as, it, as things go. And I was just talking about how violent it is. And it's basically just these men just tackling each other and hurting each other and trying to gain ground. It's very warlike if you think about it, right? They're trying to move the line forward, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And they're trying to hurt each other. And it's it's the whole um, in-group, out-group with the geographical you know teams and stuff. Yep. And this person made... Well, it was probably one of the more persuasive points I've ever heard about football and said, well, it can be very intellectual. They can make these plays and it can be very complicated. And OK, I'll give him that. But I still think it's extremely warlike. And when you grow up, there with are that, a lot of analogies to, to, to yeah. war with football. Absolutely. But when you grow up with that, when you see that and that's like your form of entertainment and you, you know, unquestioningly um, think that that's great and it's something you enjoy watching on your downtime. It's no wonder that people accept war as almost like a sport because they're cheering for their team and it's the U.S. and it's the same, you know, kind of people like they look the same in the military with the football and it's just... They they, they certainly wear uniforms. And well, one thing that you do when you make this analogy is that you uh, you're you're making the assumption that the average person is too stupid to, um, you know, to differentiate between a a consensual act and a non-consensual act. I would agree with that. 
That oh, you know, I don't, they, I don't they, agree they usually with that. that it, not stupid, but they just don't. They're not paying enough attention. That they're so ingrained the nationalism, jingoism. You know, the rooting just, for one. I just team. think it's subconscious. I don't think people realize it. I don't think it's at the forefront of their consciousness. I I, I would agree that it's not at the forefront of their. It's consciousness. not that they're stupid. It's just that they're not conscious of it. Doesn't and that's what if, I'm trying to do is chooses, raise people's consciousness. If about one it. chooses not to look at something so important as oh I don't know wiping out hundreds of thousands of innocent individuals, mm-hmm. which is really what happened in Iraq, yeah. uh, darn close to that number, um, it's over 100,000 innocent individuals. Yeah. If someone chooses not to look at that, I don't think it's a stretch to call them stupid. Ian would hate this. Ignorant. You know, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, you know, I, don't like, I don't like calling them stupid. I do think ignorant is more appropriate or just basically... Callous? Uh, <laughs> there might be some instances of that, like... For instance, I think if you're in the military, you kind of have to turn off your empathy or you naturally lose your empathy because of being in that culture mm-hmm. and being trained to be a killer and to accept that as something that's necessary for part of your job. But I think for most people, they're so swept up in the cultural norms of just going along with supporting war and not thinking about it. And everything that they they do in government school, you're conditioned not to question what the government does or like the reasons why they're going to war or anything like that. They're just swept up in the wave of culture and they're not bothering to fight against it. It's not that they're stupid or ignorant uh, even. I think they're just they just haven't thought of it. And if we can get them to think about it, I think that will make a big difference. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. It's live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you and Stephanie. And if you're interested in going on a cruise to Bermuda, how about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a whole bunch more to do. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November. But, you know, it's getting to be time that you really need your berth. I mean, I I think that there are a few berths left. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this ad. But uh, it's cruise.freetalklive.com. Go get it now. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Yes, indeed. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead. No, I was just going to say, we were discussing this article about reasons why Bush and Obama are the same and how Obama has continued all of the same policies as Bush. It's been a lot on No war. significant difference. Yeah. Let's let's hop forward in the uh, sure. the narrative and see if we can find some stuff about things besides war, because obviously I, I, I'm not a, not a fan of war. Well, I'm not either. And I don't like to talk about it, although I think it's important. But there was one more that I did want to touch okay. on that happens to be about war. Yep. And that's number 13, God and War Rhetoric. To wrap up Obama's continuation of Bush's foreign policy, I give you none other than John Stewart marveling at how so that he links a video, but he says um, marveling at how similar Obama's war rhetoric is to Bush's, even to the point of invoking God in our fight against other countries and, quote, refusing to apologize for our way of life, which apparently includes bombing everybody else, says the author. And wow, it's amazing how um, <laughs> it's amazing how people use God to justify all kinds of 
crazy acts. I mean, sociopathic acts, killing people, killing been, innocent civilians. Yeah, God's been used this way all along. I mean, um, God is God's got to be pretty sick about uh, sick uh, of being uh, you know the banner f- uh, flown at the uh, the head of the troops. Well, I, I mean, in the Bible, you know, it's supposed to be a loving God, but yet there are so many examples of God striking people down yeah. and keep turning people into salt and women getting raped and all kinds of stuff like that. But regardless of that, I mean, religion has been a key factor in every war in history, I would say, and it's not any different now. And the point about this is that Obama and Bush are using the exact same rhetoric. God's often one when it comes to, you know, uh, clashes mostly will point out the differences in culture. God is a big difference in culture, um, you know, in the way that, you know, he is he or she or whatever it is, is perceived by different people or, um, you know, talked about it by different people. So that's mm-hmm. something that they can often, uh, you know, discuss. I just think it's funny that Bush was just vilified for saying, remember when he said that God told him to go to war with Iraq or something mm-hmm. like that, or he had a message from God or something yeah. like that. I mean, he was like just made fun of and vilified by the left for that. But Obama is saying the exact same thing. And I guess we have a call now, but I, I just want to point that out. Well, let's go to this call on screen. To, uh, Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hey, this is Loring in Florida. Hey, Loring. How hey, are Loring. you? Very good. I was uh, calling because I was, um, I'm was. i doing some postal service non-cooperation, and I've got three questions. Ooh. You, you um, have questions for us? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm kind of curious your your thoughts on on what I'm doing here. I'm happy um, to share my my thoughts on postal service non cooperation. <laughs> yeah, I figured you might be. Um, I live in an apartment, and uh, I don't remove the junk mail or anything that isn't specifically addressed to me. So okay. it kind of piles up over time. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. Occasionally, the postal bureaucrat will remove it, um, and I'm curious how effective do you think this technique is and do you have any suggestions uh, for dealing with bulk mail? And then I've got another question, if you guys want to reflect on it. Okay. Um, what uh, What are you hoping to accomplish by um, you know by your act? What, you, what What's the know. statement I mean, you I'm, wish to I'm, say? I'm tired of the bulk mail. I don't want to deal with it. I, I disagree with it completely that mm-hmm. the post office is being used as like an advertising vehicle. Yeah, it's a tax-funded ad venue. No, there's no yeah, doubt about definitely. about it. You know, they'll say we we stand on our own, but they get bailed out all the time. So um, right. I, that much is true. So I I think that I think it's fair um, that you say you know I'm just not going to take this if it doesn't have my name on it. Uh, you know, I don't want it. I think you should put a little note in there to the bureaucrat that says, "Warning to postal worker." I am not taking anything that doesn't say Loring Smith on it or whatever it is. Right, yeah, I mean, because clearly my name isn't resident. Okay, so um, the, the second question uh, is today I got a slip in the mail that said, um, new postal customer, please write the last name of all the people in order to resume mail service. So I sort of have the opportunity to not have a mailbox anymore. And as I understand it, Mark, you wow. are in a similar situation? Yeah, I, I don't have a mailbox out in front of my house. I, you know, we built my house a few years ago uh, with the help of some free staters, and uh, basically, I had the option of sticking a mailbox in the ground and going through that rigmarole. And I, I don't see the value in it. Why would I want to let people know why where I live specifically? Um, you know, I've, sure. uh, the, why would you want to get a bunch of spam? <laughs> you know, I, I don't want that. I don't want the, you know, I don't want to spend the time stopping there. And as then, time goes on, I have so much less and less use for mail. <laughs> What bothered me the most, which probably isn't uh, as big of an issue for you, it isn't as big of an issue for you, Loring, is that I was going to buy that mailbox.
mailbox and pay for that mailbox, stick that mailbox in the ground, and then they were going to lay claim to it because they believe it's theirs at that point. I would no longer be – my friend wouldn't be able to come along and stick a, 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 key, a key there for me or leave something in my mailbox. Legally, uh, they could, but legally they couldn't because the post office says that's their box. I paid for it, but they claim it is theirs. So, mm-hmm. eh, you know, I'm, I'm not interested. If they want to put a box up and start shoving junk mail in it, I'll make a decision as to whether or not I wish to uh, to go through that junk mail and, and purchase it or use it as kindling in my uh, outdoor wood boiler or <laughs> right. whatever. I think yeah. it's tender, actually, is the term for uh, um, uh, you know, stuff to use to light. So... Have there any been? Has there been any negative consequences or anything like that? Zero. That you can think of from not having a mailbox. Okay. None. Well, then maybe I'll just uh, remove the piece of paper or leave it blank and uh, keep going like that. Well, what I uh, but what I do have is I have a private mailbox at a you know an address in Keene. I, I guess the biggest disadvantage that I have is that. Since I want a private mailbox, there has to be a business. The town I live in doesn't have very many businesses, and certainly one of them isn't, uh, you know, a UPS store. So, uh, you know, I have um, I live someplace, and then I have an address in Keene, and that is kind of confusing for for many people. Um, you know, like for instance, if I'm writing a letter, a note to my legislator saying, "Don't vote on this or that or the other thing," please, 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 don't vote to take away my freedom in this area. Um, I have to, you know, tell them I, I, it's confusing. Like I live in Westmoreland. Here's my mailing address. It's in Keene. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's the the biggest downside I've had. So that I do have seem a mail. Like too bad of a downside. Yeah. yeah, I have a place where I receive yeah, they mail. Might not send you that form letter. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. They, they do send uh, the the legislators here. Please save everybody else's money. I I hate it when I used to do this. I I never write to them anymore. But when I used to do that. It would just they would spend the money to send you this form letter, and it's like you know they were paying somebody to write that mm-hmm. and send it and mail it out to you and put a stamp on it. It's like oh, just save the money. Don't don't bother. Don't, don't bother pandering to me. I'm not yeah, going to vote for you anyway. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I do get mail, and I'm not suggesting that I don't get mail. I just don't have a box put up at my house where the government claims it and sends me a bunch of pizza, uh, you know, coupons and that kind of thing. Do you get the pizza coupons at your business address? No, I do or not. Your other address? I do not. Excellent. Cool. Okay. Thanks for calling, Loring. 603-435-1105, Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. It's a live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you and Stephanie. Stephanie, you watched this video with me uh, from Steve Horwitz. Are the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer? I did. We also watched a video about the U.S. debt. That, that much is true. Very interesting. And, indeed. And, and we you can see all these at learnliberty.org slash FTL. These are compelling videos. They're well wrought of you know, pictures and, and moving graphics. They can be very useful when you're uh, dealing with... Um, you know, friends and family. You can put them on your Facebook. You can share them with your friends, and uh, they're they're really great. When you're there, check check out the Learn Liberty Academy link on the right hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. It's learnliberty.org/ftl. You know, interestingly enough, 
do you remember, Mark, we were watching this video during one of the breaks on Free Talk Live tonight, and uh, it was about the U.S. debt, and uh, an economist was basically showing graphs like the U.S. GDP and how much they've promised people for Social Security and Medicare and yep. how much they've borrowed, and the graphs just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It reminded me of an interesting story that I want to share. Okay, uh, before you go on, that's the that is the mm-hmm. Anthony Davies explanation of the magnitude of the U.S. debt. You can ah. see that at learnliberty.org/ftl2. And this of I find because it's one minute long and it's so amazing, it's stunning. It's a stunning video, and I think everybody should go see that one. Uh, there there are several there to see at learnliberty.org/ftl. But um, yeah. yeah, go, it, go check it, it out. It makes a very powerful point because the concept is simple. It's just the government somehow finagling it so they can spend money that they don't have. And they do that by stealing the money from future generations, right? And even that couldn't possibly meet their obligations. I mean, even the interest now on the debt is just so huge. There's no realistic way they could ever pay it off. And uh, it reminds me of when I was a kid. um, I think I, I heard something on the news. I was probably nine or 10 years old, something like that. And I heard something about the national debt and I became curious about it. And so I asked my dad, who usually was the one who knew more about economic issues, I guess. I asked my dad, hey, dad, what's the national debt? Can you explain that to me? I don't really get it. And he said, well, it's not straightforward. It's really complicated. It's basically money that we owe ourselves. And I said, money that we owe ourselves. And it just didn't register. It didn't compute. Didn't I didn't understand it. And I kind of followed up and asked him to explain more, and and he can really understand explain Most the way that I can understand because it doesn't make sense. That's why it wasn't anything wrong with his explanation. It's just that it's a crazy concept. It's uh, spending money that's not there, and you know, to ever be able to pay that back, you have to steal from people who don't exist. You being the government, I shouldn't say that the government has to steal from people who don't even yet exist, who are unborn and are going to be giving future tax money to them Do you think they really are stealing from them, or they're just suggesting that they're stealing from them because, in fact, their system will collapse before the, our grandchildren are born? Uh, well, it's hard to say when the system will collapse. Indeed, it is. But it, one thing is true. You can't steal from someone who doesn't exist yet. I, I think they're just... Uh, but promising to steal from them. Yeah. Effectively, they have, though, right? I mean, you know, when you're thinking the debt was at its lowest under Andrew Jackson, I think it was like $60,000, you mm-hmm. know, in... Now it's like $16,000 for every man, woman, and child. Yeah, it's it's some incredible number, and it, it... that's and that's just what the debt is currently. That's not the unfunded liabilities that are out there, and those are in tremendous. I think I think it was like at one hundred and fifty thousand. I don't know. It was some incredible number. Yeah, I certainly don't have them in front of me. And as but people standard, since the, since the debts haven't been paid off mm-hmm. since Andrew Jackson, they. I mean that that principle still exists, and they've been adding to it over time. Indeed, and you know, let's not forget as our standard of living increases in the U.S. Most societies, as they move up in in terms of standard of living, they get closer and closer to zero population growth or even negative population growth. And the government is counting on these unborn children to pay off future debts or debts that they're incurring now. And so what are they going to do when they come short of that budget and that money? I think they're just going to kind of cut out some of these entitlement programs and it'll end up hurting a lot of people. And yeah. that's really unfortunate. Well, Medicare at this point is the least sustainable of these programs. Um, it yeah. Is- although if you talk to people who are my age in the 20s, like they'll 
they'll universally say they don't expect Social Security to be around for them. Sure. Uh, um, th- that much is true. But mm-hmm. Medicare, it, it, like, it shouldn't be around in a few more years. I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The people that paid into Medicare are getting like four or five to six times what they paid in. Mm-hmm. That is completely unsustainable. Absolutely unsustainable. People who pay into uh, Social Security should be getting, uh, you know, I mean, that it, it fun it could it would fund itself if the government wouldn't keep stealing from it um yeah. you know for some time in the future certainly that could change um as time goes by because uh the population's age is changing and um obviously social security would need to be uh, modified by you know retirement age and, and it is tremendously large but when you're talking about uh, medicare it's it, it, it doesn't make any sense today mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I completely the, agree. <laughs> there's no sustainability to it. And, and uh, obviously people are going to be hurt when it's when that rug is ripped out from underneath them. But if they don't know that rug's going to go, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry they trusted the government in this area mm-hmm. that, you know, the government will take care of me in my old age as far as health care goes. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. I have no other explanation as to how you can be helped in that area other than charitable organizations helping people that, uh, you know, that need it. Yeah, and uh, not, there's like not much else focusing on prevention and education and that kind of thing. And yeah, so let's go on with this list of a uh, hundred reasons why Barack Obama and George Bush are actually the same person. Okay, the Patriot Act, <laughs> a favorite target of Bush critics, the Patriot Act violates the four- first. Fourth and Fifth Amendments of the Constitution passed and reviewed over and over again with little debate or deliberation. This gargantuan bill gave the federal government sweeping new powers to police its citizenry while ignoring the constitutional restrictions our founding fathers created to protect us from tyranny. And all that is true, of course. And so then it goes on. It should be no surprise that after the failed efforts of one honest Republican senator, and I guess he means Ron Paul, to prevent its passage, Obama renewed the Patriot Act from across the Atlantic Ocean by auto pen. Wow, so he didn't even really sign it. Disturbing, isn't it? Yeah, just, oh, sure, no problem, I'll sign off on it. As president, he voted for its renewal, and as a senator as well, on one of the most important issues of our era, Obama is indistinguishable from Bush. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the things that the And the the liberals, you don't hear them saying anything about this. You do a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm on a a Facebook group full of Quakers, Mm -hmm. and they will acknowledge it. They don't stream it from the high heavens or Mm -hmm. anything, but the Quakers aren't that sort anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they will acknowledge that really Obama's not that much different than Bush. But they're Mm -hmm. like, what what do we do? But are they still going to vote? Yeah, that's a that's that's a logical question. That's what uh, sort of fiscal conservative people people who, you know, sort of come from the angle that I'm coming from, many of them ask themselves, well, what do we do? Am I supposed to vote for the for Barack Obama? I mean, what, what's my choice going to be? Mitt Romney's going to go up there. Yeah, you know, he's, he passed Romney Care in, in uh, Massachusetts, and it's the same thing, the predecessor, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do we do? What do we do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, all the only advice I can, can give is, look, if a person is just too distasteful for you, don't vote for them. It's mm-hmm. the best advice one can give. It's, there's not much else. Yeah. Like, you know, what what well, does mean, one do? You know, probably Quakers as far as I know, they tend to be they tend to be quite anti-war, right? Yes, sure. So, I I would assume that maybe more of them than the general public are getting active in anti-war demonstrations and talking to their friends and stuff and yeah, sure. maybe even doing some tax resistance 
I don't know about that, some, but some yep. of them do. What a lot of them will do is diminish their income to the point that they're not paying taxes. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't know if that's I consider that to be effective activism or not. I you know I, I tend to hmm. get kind of confused on on that issue. I mean, is the well, government- I think it depends on what you define as effective. I mean, I've actually thought of that as a strategy for myself, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it, it would give such a psychological payoff to not have to do that, to not have to write that check yep. or to give that money and know that it's going to unmanned drones that are going to kill children and mm-hmm. completely innocent people, uh, that it's worth it. It's worth living in of you know little means i guess yeah you can always uh, you know do- donate to uh, you know your 501c3 antiwar.com yeah mm-hmm. or whatever uh, you know the the money that you would make so and you know as as a result get write offs to the point that you're not paying i guess and of course you don't have to be a quaker to be an anti-war activist we should say that Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition. Go to uh, freetalklive.com. Check out the uh, AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP is a program where uh, you have the opportunity to donate $3 or whatever, um, $3 and up towards Free Talk Live. I don't know if donate's the right word. You you get to join the club, the AMP, AMP club, and you will get some perks for your club membership uh, the amp podcast the amp forum uh, you know all kinds of benefits uh, i i don't even know them all frankly <laughs> i'm not an amplifier but you can go to amp.freetalklive.com and uh, check them out ian's got it set up and it's really easy for you three dollars a month it's a cup of coffee i mean it, you know, go to go to one of these fruity coffee places you'll spend that that kind of money and we can do so much with it. So we, we really do appreciate the amplifiers. And uh, frankly, they have built what Free Talk Live is today. It's amp.freetalklive.com. While you're cruising the interwebs, check out learnliberty.org slash FTL. We have several videos there that we have picked out that uh, we believe that uh, our listeners will enjoy. Stephanie just mentioned uh, Anthony Davies' explanation of the magnitude of the U.S. debt. It is a great explanation. But um, when you're there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. And, Stephanie, before you go on with the list about uh, the similarities between uh, Bush and Obama, there's a little sort of joke that I got in the email box that I want to share with people. This isn't uh, vulgar or anything. It's from Dollar Vigilante's blog. (laughs) And it's a fictitious conversation between Uncle Sam and his doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctor says, Uncle Sam, you've been drinking larger and larger amounts of alcohol every day since 1960. 1960 was the last year you didn't drink, and you're going to die if you keep this up. Uncle Sam says, I don't want to die, Doc. Tell me what I need to do. The doc says, well, from 1960 to 1975, you weren't too bad. You drank three or four beers per day, but it was under control, and you could have stopped if you wanted. You just didn't. However, throughout the 80s, you increased to about five or six per day, and then by the 90s, you were up to drinking 10 beers per day. Uncle Sam says, yeah, Doc, but I remember 1990, but do you remember 1990 and 2000? I slowed down to only five or six beers per day again. Doctor says, yes, but that was for just two years. Since then, you've gotten completely out of control. You've increased every year since then and since 2008. Now you've gone up from 30 to 40 beers a day. 
Uncle Sam, uh, Uncle Sam says, okay, Doc, it's time to get serious. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm now drinking 40 beers per day, but in 2013, I will only drink 39.6. And in 2014, I will only drink 39.4 beers per day. <laughs> By 2021, I will be down to 38 beers per day. Will that work? The doctor says, you're in denial, and you'll be lucky to make it to 2013, much less 2021. And I think that it kind of really just shows uh, what kind of condition our government, our politicians are in. They, they, they're in that level of denial. They, they, they don't have any grip yeah. on what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go on with our list here. That was, that was interesting, yeah. Yeah, they think a, uh, a smaller increase is actually a cut, right? Isn't That's what it? they think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're so not, not going to increase as much as we have been increasing. That's a cut, right? So last year the budget increased 20%, and this year it's only going to increase 19%. Oh! It's a cut. It's a one percent cut, cut baby. Bone. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so continuing with this article, a hundred ways that Obama and Bush are the same um, from the humble libertarian blog. The TSA. Now, this is an interesting, a pet issue of ours. Uh, created by an act of Congress during the Bush administration and organized within the Department of Homeland Security, the TSA has been annoying and harassing passengers at airports for a decade now. But under President Obama, it has become more aggressive and oppressive than ever was under Bush, with the installations of dozens of radiation-emitting naked body scanners throughout the country and directives from the DHS to use, quote, enhanced pat-downs that many critics say amount to sexual assault. Under Bush, the TSA was merely annoying, under Obama, it's horrifyingly out of control. And this is totally true. You guys on Free Talk Live talked about uh, the TSA confiscating a, a woman's insulin who had gestational diabetes, I think, from Crazy. pregnancy. And yeah, and then they were talking about the ice packs. What, what was it, the ice packs? The ice packs were not, well, they're their excuse, right? Like, so they confiscate the insulin, which has nothing to do with the ice pack. Right. Um, but they say that the ice packs to be brought through must be completely frozen. I don't know how one gets completely frozen ice packs from one's house to uh, the, the TSA screening point. Right. My house in is... In the summer in Phoenix. Right. <laughs> is that where it was? Yeah. Phoenix. Uh, you know, my house is an hour and a half drive from the airport. Right. I mean, they're just not... They're going to be melting. Uh, that's that's the end of that story. And if that were the case, if that were really the case and they weren't a bunch of lying sacks of crap, <laughs> then they would have given the lady her insulin. Yeah. So, I mean, I, they're just little tyrants. They're just that's exactly just they abusing are. their power. That's all it is. And it's really unfortunate that it affected this woman and possibly her baby's health. Anyway, number 16 reason why Bush and Obama are the same. And by the way, you can call in if you have thoughts on any of these. I think we're just kind of going down a laundry list. You better be quick if you're going to call in. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, honestly, when I've been on Free Talk Live, like when you and Ian went to the Talkers convention and I was hosting Free Talk Live, we were discussing ways that Bush and Obama are the same, but we didn't really have a list in front of us. I think it was me and Michelle and Brett, uh, Brett from School Sucks. But, uh, you know, we were kind of going from memory, but we mentioned many of these. But we get a, we would get a lot of callers that would say, oh, well, there's there's not, you know, they're they're definitely different. I think Obama's way better than Bush and wouldn't really have any evidence yes. to back that up. I think he's better <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's definitely better on. And then you, you pick an issue and, oh, well, he's he's better for gay people. Well, no. Really? What has he done he for had, gay people? What has he done for them? And, you know, he's better for uh, civil liberties. Well, really? No, he no, hasn't no, done anything. It has it's, been terrible on, uh, you know, yeah. most of the civil liberties issues. One well, of the, he's better on war. He says we should get out of Afghanistan. He, <laughs> he talks better on war. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. But I mean, you yeah. know, if, somebody who things, talks one way and does something else, I call a liar. Yeah. And I'm really not interested in 
than that. Yeah. I'd almost prefer... Or at least a typical politician. Right. Yeah. I'd almost prefer a politician to talk, uh, uh, you know, to, to speak straight about what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, rather than... I mean, if you're going to be a, a warmonger, speak straight about warmongering. You believe that, that war is a good solution for these problems. And this yeah. is why I believe war is a good solution for these problems. Don't talk about... Don't, don't pay lip service to, to peace if you're not going to do anything about it. Right. So, yeah. it's and disgusting. It's, it's really unfortunate... Um, that people pay attention to the words instead of the deeds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of these examples here on this list are deeds, are things, are yeah. actions, and actions speak way louder than words. But it seems like the words just get emphasized in this cultural narrative of, you know, Obama's presidency that he's so great on all these liberal causes when he's really not. Yeah. Um, anyway, how about another one? The war on drugs. That's another thing that people think that he was going on. The decades lore war. Bleh. <laughs> the decades-long war on drugs it's been a long night has been a spectacular <laughs> too much tea <laughs> i think the tea probably helps me talk faster it's been a spectacular failure of public policy resulting in billions of wasted dollars record levels of incarceration higher rates of drug fatalities and the creation of a violent international criminal drug cartel that thrives on continued prohibition the 2009 ogden memo signaled that obama might change course in the failed drug war but no In July 2011, the Justice Department published a new memo indicating that things would stay just the same as they were under George W. Bush. There you have it. It hasn't changed anything, even though he said that he would do he said that he would be better on drugs and people believed him and people voted for him and supported him. But then he just releases another memo and the memo kind of says that, no, in fact, nothing is going to change. Right. The um, you know, the, and this as much as is true. There was a recent story where it says that I, I think it was um, I think it was the FBI. I'm, I'm not sure which organization. Yeah. One, a, the government, yeah. <laughs> a governmental organization, basically gave uh, free reign to a cartel for information on other cartels to sell and uh, you know move cocaine into Whoa. the United States. Was that so, real or is that like a conspiracy thing? It sounds a little conspiratorial. It, I, but... Shoot, I don't have the. I'm, yeah, I've, I've had it as my show prep the last few nights, and we oh, haven't I actually gotten to it okay so um, well, i'll take your word for it now i mean it doesn't really surprise me that that might be something they'd do how about cia rendition it's is- actually documents feds allegedly mm-hmm. allowed uh, the sinola cartel to move cocaine into the u.s for information from the el paso times the the mm. cesspool of uh of uh, of conspiracy theory that is the el paso times uh, <laughs> <laughs> reporting on this from and uh, you're being facetious yeah, of yeah. course yeah. yes <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a news organ a- agency, and and you know that th- this is they're yeah. making a claim here. Wow, yeah. That, what do you say about that? <laughs> what do you say say about that? And uh, they what, just picked uh, their favorite another cartel. Good news is though that they um, they did say that uh, I think it was the DEA says that uh, said that they were going to enforce uh, that that bureaucrats that didn't enforce uh, marijuana laws in states could lose their jobs and be you know I, I don't know lose their jobs or be uh, charged or something like that. Yeah. They recently backtracked on that. Um, so that's the one yeah. small little tiny thing that has uh, gone well in the war on drugs during the Obama campaign administration. Yeah. Small potatoes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. It's the, the live Sunday edition with uh, Mark and Stephanie. And uh, we will be here next week and this time on GCN. So, you know, it'll, it, we're getting bigger and better all the time. <laughs>